Happy Easter. Woo! Thank you. We did it. All those cold showers, all those beatless Fridays, all those crawfish boils that we missed out on Good Friday. Hopefully you did. All those opportunities of delicious food that we turned down. All the penance that we did finally culminated up to this very moment. The moment where Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Where we can really celebrate the fact that we are an Easter people. That we are freed from death, from slavery, and that we can enjoy the resurrection forever. What a gift. What a gift this Easter Sunday is. The fact that we have overcome the struggles of Lent and seen what we've seen today. One of my favorite moments during Lent was I was at this family's house and it was a Friday. This was a poor penitential day. And this little kid, I don't think she was in kindergarten yet, came up to me and she said, I'm giving up my bed this tonight. I'm asleep on the floor. I said, that's just lovely. Good for you. And she looked at me and she explained Lent perfectly. She said, you can give up whatever you want for Lent. And so I looked at her and I said, does that mean I can give you up? She said, no. I should have said, I should have said, does that mean I can give up Father Sibley? That would have been a great one. Alas, that probably wouldn't have worked out either. But it would have been nice. And as glorious though as this awesome, awesome Easter is, we have to acknowledge that within the beautiful air, within this awesome weather, there is a tinge of sadness. A little bit of sadness that came about this Holy Week. I'm sure we were all, you all know what happened this past Monday, April 15th, at 1 o'clock, whenever the great cathedral of Notre Dame caught on fire. It was a fire unseen in history before, a fire that nobody has ever really been able to match, a fire where a thousand trees were sent up in flames, aged by about 850 years. A thousand trees making up the roof of this great cathedral. It was an inferno that lasted for four hours, and for the longest time, as I was watching this, I thought, with this great treasure of France was going to pass away from our very eyes. This wonderful hard work of Christianity was going to be gone for the rest of history. And yet, as I was watching with horror, almost with tears in my eyes, the burning of Notre Dame, a part of me, a little part of me, said, maybe this is what we need. Maybe this is what we need to wake us up. And this is why I thought that. That horrific accident that happened at Notre Dame was not the worst thing to happen to that wonderful cathedral, believe it or not. In the 1700s, after the French Revolution, which occurred around 1790, there was this, the first French Republic was founded in 1792. And as a rejection, as a kind of a movement, an establishment of this first French Republic, what they decided to do was reject all of Catholicism. And what they did was they replaced Catholicism with this, with this, 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 this odd thing, but I think a very common thing, called the cult of reason. Instead of worshiping God, they decided they were going to be a free people. They were going to be a French people, a, freed from the oppression of the Catholic Church, And worshiping the only thing that actually matters, and that is reason. Reason. And so what they did to establish their domain, their dominion, as a kind of cult dedicated toward the goddess of reason, was they invaded the cathedral, threw out all the priests. They couldn't put up much of a fight because they were overwhelmed. 
And what they did was they dismantled the altar and set up a brand new altar dedicated to the goddess of liberty. After that, they went and they, 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 they destroyed the, the Latin words written over the arch of the entrance of the cathedral, dedicating the cathedral to Christ, and said simply and, and inscribed in, in Latin two words, to philosophy. No longer about Christ, no longer about God, simply about philosophy. And to replace the statues that they had all over the church, what they did was to avoid statues, they instead replaced them with real people. And ended up being festive girls who roamed the cathedral dressed in togas or Roman sashes, dressed as the goddesses of reason. As you can imagine, this cult ultimately devolved into debauchery and sickness to the point where it didn't even last a summer. It's kind of ironic. It's, it's funny how once we start worshiping reason, the first thing to go is reason itself. And yet, because of the destruction they did on a Notre Dame, it got to the point where they almost demolished the thing. All of that work. Guys, it took, it took, it, let me see, I gotta look at my dates, hold on. Let me make sure I get this right. They started building Notre Dame in 1163, and they didn't finish until 1345. That's almost 200 years. All that was gonna be wiped away if it weren't for Napoleon Bonaparte, of all people, to come in and save the place. And yet, the reason why I bring that up is I feel like the same thing is happening today. Although it might not be as loud, although it might not be as clear, although it might not be quite as pronounced as the cult of reason, it seems like our Catholic faith is being eroded and being beaten up and drawn down by this this worship yet again of reason. This worship of reason, where the first thing to go is reason, where women are objectified, and ultimately all hope is lost. And our world becomes a bunch of debauchery, a bunch of sickness, where to the point where we do not even recognize the divine presence of God. And yet the fact of the matter is, is that while we might be in that state, the reality is history shows us that we don't have to stay there. That it's not all downhill from here. That we're not going to wind up in the pits. That we have a shot of salvation in the same way Notre Dame was saved. After Napoleon intervened in 1803 to save the cathedral, to keep it from being destroyed, there was effort slowly but surely to revitalize Notre Dame and to appreciate it to the point where even Victor Hugo wrote a novel called The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And in writing that novel about Quasimodo, about an ugly figure who was not accepted by the Parisian people, but was accepted as a bell ringer within the church, was revitalized and shown to the rest of the world that even though something might be an ugly facade, there's still some goodness deep down within. And eventually we discover that even that own ugliness turns into beauty. It was the same thing with Notre Dame. People thought that it was ugly. That's why it's called Gothic architecture. Gothic architecture, the word Gothic is not a nice word. It's made, that's some barbarian stuff. And yet, over time, as we've come to appreciate what is within it, we discover how beautiful it really is. And yet, I dare, dare I say, that's a similar story to what happened on Tuesday. Excuse me, on Monday. Guys, after the fire was put out, Donald Trump, of all people, called Pope Francis and said, we're going to rebuild this cathedral. The president of France said, we're going to rebuild this cathedral because it's our standard and it's our destiny. And the richest men 
within the country of France has agree, have already agreed to pledge just, just within the week 700 million euros. That's 800 million dollars all geared toward the rededication of Notre Dame. But here's the question. Why? Why? Why are we restoring this big, gigantic building? I mean, it's only a building after all. What's the point? And I think the answer is actually in the beautiful truth we celebrate today. The reality is, if we worship reason, it might seem like liberty. It might seem like fun. It might seem like we can do whatever we want. But the fact of the matter is, the worship of reason not only is short-lived in reality, but it's short-lived in eternity. The creed of reason was actually placed, or the, excuse me, the, the creed of the cults of reason was placed on the main cemetery of Paris whenever the French Revolution was going on. And you know what that creed said? You know what that line was? Death is an eternal sleep. Death is an eternal sleep. And what it basically says is that while reason might seem fun, while reason might seem free, Reason, at its very roots, at its very core, is completely hopeless. Completely hopeless. Because ultimately it all ends in death. And if it all ends in death, why would you dedicate your life to building a cathedral you know will not be completed in your lifetime? You know will not be fulfilled by the time you hit the ground and and die. Why would you dedicate so much time and so much energy to carve statues of beautiful saints whenever you could be carving statues of yourself? Why spend so much time and so much energy making beautiful rose stained glass windows if there was no hope? If there was no eternity? If it all ended in death? That's the beauty of Christianity. Guys, We can turn to a lot of different things for a lot of different stuff and a lot of different pleasures. But none of those things offer the hope that Christianity does, especially the hope offered this day, this Easter. And yet, dare I say, that's not the only thing that Christianity has to offer. And that's not the only thing that reason ruins. Reason does not just ruin hope. Reason ruins fun. Reason ruins excitement. Reason ruins joy. Because the fact of the matter is, if death is just an eternal sleep, if death is just kind of a silencing to the life that you and I live, then what the heck is the point of living? What's the point of dying? What's the point of existing? One of the great lines that was actually found on Twitter was was a, a woman posted on how much, how saddened she was by the destruction of Notre Dame, and somebody commented immediately, who cares, it's just a building. To which she said, if this is just a building, if architecture has no meaning, if art has no greater truth, if there is no greater reality, then shoot me now. There's no point. There's no point. If there's nothing after this, there's no point even living right now. But guys, that's not true. That's not true. And today is the day where we stand and scream that from the rooftops. That you and I are not a people who's destined to sleep eternally at death. But you and and I have been given a challenge. A challenge to look at death not as a sleep, but as a hurdle. 
a hurdle to be leapt over, a hurdle to be jumped, a hurdle to jump over and clear the abyss of hell and to enjoy heaven. To clear the abyss of nothing and to enjoy God for all of eternity. And that abyss was cleared by Jesus Christ today on Easter Sunday. That's what we celebrate. The sheer fact that you and I are destined for greatness. Destined for eternity. And that greatness and that eternity was shown to us here and today on this wonderful Easter Sunday. And so whenever you see somebody walking down the street or you see your family all this week, all this season, don't ever forget to look them in the eyes and say, Happy Easter, knowing full well that that is our destiny, that is our reality, that is our eternity. Amen.